Time now to check in with our traveling correspondent, comedian Tom Papa, in a segment we call Out in America. Tom, are you there? I'm here, Chris. On behalf of Live From Here, I'm continuing my journey across the country, trying to shine a light on all the good people in America. This week, I traveled to Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City, Motown, and the hometown of my buddy Josh. It was a beautiful week with bright sunshine and warm weather that had the locals rolling their eyes and saying it wouldn't last. But despite their feelings about the weather, there's a real optimism in Detroit. After years of closing auto plants, bankruptcy, and corruption, people are doing something new. They're moving back into this city again. My Uber driver was a man named Howard. He was born and raised in Detroit and was very excited to give me a guided tour as he drove me from the airport through downtown. Detroit had a bad reputation, he said. After the riots, people were afraid of Detroit, and then corruption bled the city dry. But there's a new generation that has no connection to that. In a way, all we went through and all that damage enabled us to start fresh and go our own way. Detroit has truly beautiful architecture with gorgeous homes and churches, but its revival seems to be happening block by block. A gorgeous street with children playing outside is followed by homes that have been burned down almost to the ground on the next. But there's a strong sense that it's just a matter of time before those are changed as well. Have you ever had an Uber driver who was so excited about his city that he put his car on autopilot so he could turn around and talk to you while he was driving, but his car didn't have autopilot? I have. But Howard knew these roads so well he hardly needed to steer. I tell everyone, he said, people don't ruin cities. Politicians ruin cities. Think about it. Who tells us things are bad? Who tells us our neighbors are the enemy? Who tells us things can't be done? Not the people. The people believe. We're the ones opening florists, shops, and restaurants. It's really happening, and I'm blessed to be a part of it, he said. And when you come back to town, you'll be sitting in my new coffee shop, and you'll say, damn, Howard, you were right. Detroit is beautiful. Have you ever had a ride from the airport that was so inspiring and emotional that you had to get a drink before you checked into the hotel? <laughs> I have. My hotel was in the Greek town section. This Greek neighborhood was once filled with immigrants, but is now mainly loud sports bars and strip clubs with Greek names. I slipped into a quiet, authentic Greek restaurant and was greeted by a bartender named Stavros. He was excited by my last name. Papa, you're Greek. I was about to tell him it was an Italian name, but he took out a bottle of ouzo and we toasted to our Greekness. I wanted to correct him, but it was too late. With each shot, I met another family member, his father, his uncle, his sisters. They brought out salads and shish kebabs and baklava. Have you ever had a Greek bartender greet you so warmly that you decided that maybe you should shun your entire family history and become Greek? I have. And who knows, maybe I am Greek. My family is from Sicily, which is Italian now, but for a long time it was populated mainly by the Greeks. So maybe I'm Greek after all. To be honest, after a bottle of ouzo, I was willing to be anything. As we continued with our family reunion, the door to the place swung open and a very loud bachelorette party came in. The bride-to-be was Laura. She was wearing a giant sparkle-filled tiara and her bridesmaids were screaming like dolphins in dresses. They were at the end of their night and were holding drinks in one hand 
and their shoes in the other. Laura said she's totally psyched to be getting married and that her fiancé is a totally cool guy and they're going to be totally happy. She said it over and over and very loudly in front of Stavros. And it became clear they had dated at one time and she was looking for a fight. Have you ever been so drunk on Greek liquor that in order to protect your new Greek brother, you let a conga line of bridesmaids out of the bar and into the streets of Greek town? I have. I woke up the next morning with a headache, wearing a beaded necklace and holding a very inappropriate swizzle stick. I wandered downstairs, grabbed a coffee and waited for a cab ride to the Motown Museum. I sat on a bench next to a man named Mohammed. He was on break from his job at the hotel. He had moved here from Syria in the 1990s when Syria was still at peace. Mohammed said I didn't look so good. I told him about my Greek bachelorette party. He laughed and said this is why he doesn't drink. As we were looking out across the avenue, a car cut someone else off and another honked at him and then an old lady on the sidewalk gave everyone the finger, including us. You see, this is why I don't fight with people, he said. Everybody is so filled with stress. You never know what they're dealing with. I put it like this. People are like garbage trucks. They go around all day long picking up garbage from everybody else. If you bang into them, they'll just unload it all over you. <laughs> when I finally arrived at the Motown Museum, I was surprised that it's actually a small two-story home. On this site is where the legendary record producer Barry Gordy Jr. created Motown Hitsville USA Studios. He had a dream, he worked hard, and ended up producing music that literally changed the world, all from this little tiny house. It's hard to believe, unless, of course, you live in Detroit, where at this moment, anything seems possible. Until next time, this has been Tom Papa, out in America. Let's hear it for Tom Papa. Make sure to check Tom's tour schedule to see when he will be visiting your town. And you can get his new book, Your Dad Stole My Rake, at TomPapa.com.